Amen. Hey, thank you too. Um, it's pretty exciting uh, that we've made it this far and that God is still working in us. And so today we do, after our, our service here, we have a family service today. We're all together in it, so it'll look a little bit different. Uh, and afterwards, we get to continue celebrating. We have cake, and Heights Bakery gave us a lot of donuts and bread. Um, and also, Jordan Anderson has challenged us all to a big game of dodgeball. So if you'd like to to play Jordan. We're all playing Jordan in a game of dodgeball. So if you like to hit Jordan with a foam ball, bring it on, I think is what he just was signaling to us. Oh, we will bring it on. Please wait till after the service, though. As he leads us in worship, he'd be pretty distracted by a, a ball to the face. Um, uh, we are excited. So please stay and enjoy that. And uh, I think it'll be a fun fun day together. Um, it is a it is a, a family worship today. We're all together, and so it's one of the fun things we get to do on fifth Sundays, and because of that, we get to have a children's sermon. Maybe some of you grew up with this. Uh, I know I did, and it was always a thrill. And so if you are a, a child, um, you can come on. Come on up. I actually have something for you today. So come up and sit on the step here with me. I'm excited to show you something that means a ton to me. So if you're, you know, a little bit, you can even be like this tall. You know, if you want to come up and sit here with me, I have something I'm really excited to show you. Hey, thanks for coming. You win. First place. Nice. Anyone else? Third, fourth place. Good work. High five. High five. Do I get a high five? There's only four of you today? Really? Oh, here we come. Here comes Anders and Keller. Hurry up, guys. We're all waiting on you. I know you can run. I've seen you run. There you go. Good work, high five. Nice, nice, nice. Are you the second one? Look like you wanted the second one. Yeah, there you go. All right, awesome. We just warmed up playing dodgeball in the gym. We're pretty ready to go. It's good. You can sit down there. That's cool. I have a, I have a very special uh, thing to show you. It's in this box. Any guesses what's in my box? I have a, what do you think? A what? Sweets. Oh, you, you wish. No, they're not sweets. I actually have two things. You ready? First thing is this. It's a birthday party today, so we have to have birthday hats. Anybody want a birthday hat? Here you go. Pass them down. Pass them down. Pass them down. Good thing you came up here today. Can you, oh, can you help? Oh, you want orange? Okay. Oh, that just opened up a whole thing, didn't it? Everybody's going to fight. Oh, purple's so cool. Who wants a purple one? Just like the Vikings? All right. You got it? You want one? Here we go. Here we go. Anyone else want a hat? Any more hats? You want a hat, bud? We'll send one with you if anyone needs a hat. Do you get one? You want one? Yeah? Uh-huh. How about I give you a... You don't want a Vikings one, do you? You want a green one? Go Packers. Here you go, bud. All right. You guys want to grab a seat? I got one more thing I want to show you. I have this box here that has a gift in it. Can you guys see this box over here? This has a gift that was given to my family that means a lot to me. You guys ever gotten gifts at birthdays? Yeah? Yeah? You have favorite things you've gotten for your birthday? Sweets, probably. This guy? That's all you want, isn't it? The sugar. Yeah, I get it. Um, I have something very special in here. Are you ready for this? This means a lot to me because it reminds me of something very special. You ready? Here we go. You ready for this? Dolls, not just any dolls. Are you ready for this? Who do you think these dolls look like? Look at these. 
Is that look kind of like me? This is a very handsome man. You're right, it is me. You guys want to check out? This is me. You want to hold on to him? No? He's not candy, I know, but he's... You guys want to check him out? This is me. Keller, you want to hold me? That makes me so sad. Elsie will hold me. Will you hold me? Thank you. And then, uh, look who this is. Who do you think this is? Kelly. This is, who do you think this is? Kelly. This is Kelly. My wife, Kelly. Very beautiful, isn't she? Anyone want to hold Kelly? You can hold Kelly. Hold her tight. Then who do you think these are? Zoe and Zariah. This is Zoe and Zariah. Wait, I think I have it backwards. This one's Zoe. Am I right, girls? This one's Zoe. This one's Zariah. <laughs> Don't want to get those wrong. Do you know what is so cool about these? We... We, um, like seven years ago, we became a family. My family's right here. That's Zoe and Zariah and Kelly. We became a family, and friends of ours had these made for us. Is that not the coolest thing? And they gave us these cool... You want, you want to hold Zoe? Yeah. All right. You want to hold Zariah? There we go. He likes you, Zariah. Not me, though, I guess. They gave us these to, all, to remember we're a family, and they're like one of our most cherished things in our house. We just absolutely love them. You know why? Because they remind me of what? What do you think they remind me of? They remind me of, it's pretty obvious, my family. I, it's one of the coolest things God's ever given me is my family, is these three ladies. Together, it's one of my favorite things in the whole world. Isn't that cool? Today, in the book of Ephesians, in the Bible, we're going to talk about all these things that God gives us. Can you think of anything that God has given you? Any guesses? The Bible? Oh, that's a good one. Anything else God's given us? Uh, food. Food? Like no, sweets? No. This guy. What else has God given? Love. Hey, nice work. He has given us love. He's given us so many things. And we are going to remember today all those great things God gives us and really try to remember that how good our God is that he's given us those things. Isn't that cool? Did God give any of you a family? Isn't that pretty cool? That's pretty cool. All right, let me, I'm going to pray for us, and then I'm going to send you back to those people. And Can you do something for me? Could you give them a hug when you get back there? And just thank, just say, oh, I'm thankful God gave you to me. Okay, let me pray, and then we're going to go. You ready? Are you ready? Okay, he's ready. Let me pray. Lord, thanks for giving us so many things, and thanks for giving us family and making us part of your family. Uh, you are really, really good to us. Amen. All right, now give me my family back. Don't take my family with you. I want them. Okay, head to back. Give everyone a big hug. Let's see the hug. Let's see the big hugs. Can you do that? All right. I got this box of my family here. I got some hats. Do you need help, bud? All these guys. All right. You guys want to hold our family? All right, we are in the book of Ephesians. I hope some people got some hugs. Maybe? All right. We're in the book of Ephesians, and we are uh, just in the beginning of it. And today we're looking at what does it look like to be given incredible gifts? And what should we do when we get those gifts? What should we do with those gifts? How should we think about those gifts? We've just started the book. We are just in the first chapter of the book of Ephesians. It's a book that's written by a guy named Paul, we believe, who wrote it to the church in Ephesus, the city of Ephesus. And yesterday we looked, or last week we looked, 
um, at the messages version of Ephesians 1.11, which kind of uh, it explains, I think, a lot of this first part of the book. It says, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. We've been using this phrase, I am okay in Jesus, and we're kind of unpacking that in, in one section. And it's Ephesians 1, 3 through uh, 14, 15. We're unpacking why this reminds us that we're okay in Jesus. I think in a time when we might need a reminder that we're, it's okay, <laughs> we're okay, uh, and why? It's because we're in Jesus. And so last week we looked just at this phrase we see over and over in the beginning here, uh, being in Christ or in Him, in Jesus, and what that looks like, this dwelling, what it looks like to dwell in Christ, that it starts there. Um, it starts with us first putting faith in Christ and the work that He has done and really dwelling in Him as our home, our place to live. And so as we continue looking at this, being reminded that we are all together in this okay in Jesus, this week we're going to look at the okay and I'm okay in Jesus. And look at these blessings that are in this. There's a, a whole list of blessings just in these few verses. Just like these verses are packed with uh, words about the Trinity, our, our Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, these verses are packed uh, with this phrase being in Christ. They're also just packed with all that God gives to us. And so we're just going to take some time to walk, uh, take a little stroll through these verses and be reminded of these blessings, these gifts that we were given, and then consider what does it look like uh, and what do we do with that um, when we understand or, or, or see what those gifts are. So if you have a Bible, we're, we're in Ephesians 1, uh, and we're going to be going through 3 through 14, verses 3 through 14, um, if you want to follow along, and all the, all the verses will be right here. Um, on the screen. We're just going to start right in the beginning of this. The first verse really is kind of the, the title of the rest of this piece of scripture. This is really important as we read the rest of it that we don't skip this part. And so Ephesians 1 3 starts this way Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. This is, this is a pretty uh, uh, incredible start. Again, if, if you remember last week, this whole section is like one big sentence. It's like one big almost poem or song of praise to how good God is. And so this starts with saying, praise be to God who gives us every spiritual blessing in Christ. He gives us everything. Really even more than we need. He's so abundant. It reminds us of how good this God is. I recently been reading through um, Jackie Hill Perry's book, Holier Than Thou, and uh, it's been really encouraging. And one of the main themes of the book is about why it's so important we know God is holy. Sometimes in our life we think, uh, or I thought, I felt like God's really holy, and so I should know that because it should make me like scared of Him because He's like really holy. And she said, No, we we gotta know if God's really truly holy. It's so good for us. So she says, If God is holy then he can't sin. If God can't sin, then he can't sin against us. If he can't sin against us, against me, shouldn't that make him the most trustworthy being there is? If there's a perfect being who has all the perfect intentions and is holy, it actually makes me want to be with him, want to trust him and what he's doing and what he's saying about me and what he's given me. And so that's our hope in this first uh in this first little part of this, it's just opening up and saying, hey, God is, is uh, to be praised because he has given us so much. 
And then it's going to unpack, it's going to lay out what has he given us. So if we skip this, this passage could just be, hey, God's given you a bunch of stuff and made you all these, uh, these people. And, and you say, like, it, it would be really about us and what we got. But, but if we have this, this passage here, it's reminding us, hey, praise to him. He's given you so much. Here's some of just a reminder of all he's given you. It's like if you tell a story of a parent you have or uh, an adult who's meant a lot in your life. I know I have a coach in my life that uh, when I was young, and I would say, oh, he's so great. He loved us so much. He was patient with us. I just can list the things that he had done. He showed me how, how to play goalie, and he showed me how to be a great defender, and he was always there to listen, and he cared about me more than just as a coach, as a soccer player. I, I'm listing just the things he's done, the gifts he's given me, but really they're about pointing back to who he who he is. And that's what Jackie Hill Perry just wants to remind us here, that we have this holy, trustworthy God, and he gives us these things. So in that, in that, that framework, coming from that place, it changes how we're going to look at how these gifts get unpacked. And so let's start unpacking these gifts. There's a lot of them, and they're pretty incredible. He's given us every spiritual blessing in Christ. And what are they? Well, he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, we just heard that, in love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. There's a lot in there. It says, before he created things, he knew of you. He had a plan to rescue you to make you family. Before you, before you existed, before you were, before creation, our Father said, hey, I want them in my family. I want to make a plan for all people to have a place with me in my family. It's incredible. When I feel unknown, I feel like, does anyone care, even know I exist? We hear in Ephesians 1 here, God knew you before you knew you knew you existed, that you knew, right? Whatever. Uh, and he made, not he just knew, but he knew that you would need a rescue and a plan to come back into his family. And he made a plan. It says there at the end uh, of verse 4, in love, as it starts that next sentence, in love he picked you to be family. I think I can think of him as a father maybe who begrudgingly like, okay, this Drew keeps turning from me. He keeps making choices I don't like. He, he's doing all the, the things I haven't asked him to do. There's this sin in his life. I guess though, I guess I'm your dad. I have to let you in. It says in love, he predestined us for adoption. Actually, he loves us. And if you look at the end of that, that sentence, he says, in accordance with his pleasure and will. So out of a love for us, and he, and he, in his pleasure and his will, he wanted to do this, and it was his pleasure to make us family. It was his, his love and pleasure to draw you back to himself. And look even at the end of the whole, this whole little piece that we're looking at highlighted here. He has freely given it to us in Christ. So he loves us so much, it's his pleasure to give it to us. It's actually what he wants to do. He made the plan long, long ago. 
even, even though he, he knows all things, he knows what you're going to do. He knows how you're going to turn from him and he still does all this. And then he gives it to us freely. He doesn't say, okay, I love you. It's my pleasure, but there's a few things I want you to do. And then you get to come into the family. He says, no, 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 no. Come on. Just come. Just, just step into life in Christ and you're, and you're here. You're in family. It's pretty incredible. I read this passage once uh, with a group of high schoolers. It's my favorite. It's one of my favorite moments ever reading this. And we're reading the passage, and we're uh, trying to think of thirty questions to ask about the passage before we're allowed to talk about it. Uh, I was I was just so mean to them. I said, "You got to think of thirty questions to try to discuss it." And one kid said, "What does adoption mean in this passage?" I said, "Well, what are you guys thinking?" Uh, a girl in the group she said, "Well, I don't know what Bible adoption is, but I was adopted. I can tell you what my adoption's like." She said, it was, "I didn't have a home." I didn't have people that care for me or love me. And there's people who said, hey, I, I want you in my family. And they pulled me into their family. They made me their daughter. They loved me. They gave me all these things I needed. They cared for me. They never left me. They promised me they'd never leave me. She's like, but I'm sure that's different than Bible adoption. <laughs> of course, I was like, it's about the same. It's about the same. <laughs> This, this is incredible. We can't, don't miss that. Don't miss, in all this love, he says, you are orphans and, and without a home and a family. And before the creation of the world, I pulled you in. Now this passage also has a few words in it that sometimes uh, might make you feel a little uncomfortable. It might make, it might actually bring back even history in your own life. Words like predestined or chose. How does that work? So did God just choose like certain people? Like he just said, man, I, you know, I really love, Jeff is so cool. I really want Jeff in my family, but I don't, you know, I don't want that guy though in my family. How, how does that work that those things have, uh, depending on maybe theologically where you grew up or what kind of church, or maybe you haven't been in the church, but that, that feels like, what is that? How does that work with God? Is it he's just choosing who he doesn't want and whoever's left over gets to be in his family? This is one of those passages that I think gives us an opportunity to think about how do, how do we wrestle through one of these things? Because there's also passages in the scripture that say things like 2 Peter, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. That's a nice word to hear. He's patient with us. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So God, before time, chose us to be in his family. He made a way for all people to be in his family. And it says here in 2 Peter, he wants all people to be his, to not perish, but to have life, to, to turn to him. And we see this in John 6 too, as we just add to some scripture to, to fill some of this out. All those the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. As we hear Jesus talking um, about the Father. So it says, now also we add this to it. Then the Father has given people to Jesus to be in him that would be in his family and he'll never push them away. So, so we have to, this kind of balance of like God does, wants to see all people come to him and he's made a way for all people to come to him through the sacrifice that Jesus has made and some people choose to not turn to him. They don't choose life in Christ. And so we have these kind of two things in that. So does that mean God is choosing people not to be with him or be with them or maybe does God say I want all people to be with me but I also know that there's some who won't be with me. And so we get back to Ephesians. We go, so he chose us. He predestined us. 
how, how do those things work? I want to encourage you in something. This is a passage that maybe for you, you think like, that's just really encouraging to me. Maybe you think I grew up in this tradition that uh, I like feeling like I was chosen and maybe others aren't chosen. I want to encourage you with some things that have really helped me. These are actually things we've talked about before. I like to encourage people with as we are discerning God's word. We could just read that and go like, I don't like that, so I'm not going to believe it. Or I don't like that, I'll just stop reading it. Right? Or I'm not sure what that means. That I googled predestined and that came up. Lots of stuff came up and I don't know what to do with it. I want to encourage you with some ways to, to maybe walk into this with each other. First, we just want to use the word of God. We just, just for a moment did that. Look throughout the rest of scripture. What does it say about what God thinks about his people? How he's, he's drawn his people in and chosen his people. Look to the other people of God when doing it. This is why we have small groups and we do uh, seminars and classes. This is why we encourage you to hang out with one another and, and say, hey, what do you think about this? How, do you, how does this work? Um, I, I love that because it makes me feel like I'm special. Uh, and uh, maybe sometimes it makes me feel like those people aren't special. And then you have a friend say, well, that maybe is there's some problem there. Um, you need, we need the Word of God. We need each other to help sift through that word of God and process that word of God in that time and also the spirit of God to pray. Say, Lord, I don't, I'm not sure how this works. Show me what I need to know. And lastly, I think it's really important to remember what we do know to be true. So this might be a passage where we say, hey, what we do know from this is that God has made a way for all people to come to him. We do know that God loves us. We do know that God takes pleasure in rescuing us. And that God has said, yeah, I want to make my family, I want to bring my family together and I want to use them to help more people know this great truth. All right, we'll keep going. The rest, we'll, we'll, we'll go a little faster now. That one had lots in it. We're going to keep moving. So we see the gifts. So, so we know so far that he's chosen us even before the beginning of time, that he calls us his family, that he's made a way for each one of you to be his son and daughter. And together, he, he took pleasure in that. And he calls us one and it's free. But it keeps going. It says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. Through his ultimate uh, perfect wisdom and understanding, he made known to us uh, all these things. Oh, I'm getting it. Sorry, I got ahead of myself. He gives us redemption. He brings us back from death. He, he gives us forgiveness. I love the end of this. Another phrase that just has so much abundance in it. He lavishes all of this on us. It's just this ex- extravagant thing. It's not just, hey, here's enough forgiveness. He just pours it on us. What kind of God do we have? What kind of family are we in? One who lavishes grace. I just, it's incredible. This God who's chosen us, who's pulled us in, who's made a plan for us who's given it freely, and he lavishes this redemption and forgiveness on us. And then with all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put in effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. So with, with all his wisdom, his understanding, he, he knows he, everything. He's revealed the mystery to us. This is important because in Ephesus in that time, there were mystery cults, which were these these, uh, religious groups that met and you had to go through all these initiations. You had to do all these certain things. You had to say the right things uh, and then get to the different levels of of the organization to learn all the mysteries of the religion, to maybe get access to like the 
the grand guru of the organization. And he's saying, our God has freely given this to you and he's given you all the mystery. There's no initiation. There's no hazing. You just are in. You say yes to Jesus and you're in. And the big mystery is that is Jesus is the one who rescues you. Jesus is the way to life in me. It's incredible. But not only is it freely given, but he has just released all of the mystery of what where life comes from to us. Again, do you see these words? This is good pleasure that he gave us to us, bringing unity to us. All right, as we keep going here, verse 11, in him we were also chosen, having been predestined, there it is again, according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be the praise of his glory. Again, reminder that he's chose us. We have um, uh, uh, years ago, I was talking to a family who uh, had recently adopted their son, and they got a phone call from the principal or a teacher uh, because their kid was uh, like harassing other kids. And they said, oh, so they went to school to meet and they said, your kid keeps telling everyone that you chose him and that the rest of their parents just have to put up with them. <laughs> that they didn't get to choose them. They just have to deal with them. And there's kids who are upset because they feel like their parents don't want them. And he's telling everyone his parents did want him because cho- they chose him. <laughs> Well, it's true, kind of, right? <laughs> kind of true. I love it. I love it. Just because he had come into this household and his parents had said, we chose you. We wanted you. We like said, it, we, we want this guy in our house. We want him to be our son. And he just took that and, and ran with it. <laughs> I think probably not that different than I do, right? We, I don't do it that, that obvious. But for sure there's moments I have, a, I think, oh, thank God, God chose me, right? Those people. Over there, again, reminded of this great truth. Keep going here. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance into the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. Again, Again, it just... You, do you hear this even as like this poem? This kind of it's almost like a lavish overflowing of do you? Our God is so good. He's He's chosen us. He's made a way for us. He's brought us into the family. He's forgiven you. You've been redeemed. You, we've heard this great news, and the news is that we just need to walk into life with Christ. We just need to say yes to faith in Christ. It's been given freely, and then in that we get marked with a seal, not an animal seal like a stamp marked into God's family. The seal is the Holy Spirit. It's a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. Not only have you been brought into this family, but you have an inheritance from the creator of the universe, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We have an inheritance from him and we're marked with the Holy Spirit to know that. How incredible is this? Our, our past, even before we had a past, God had a plan. He's brought us into his family and he has given us a future. To the praise of his glory. What a God. What a heavenly father we have. It is so good that we have him. We did not deserve this. 
And so we get a list. Just quickly, I thought, okay, what are some of the things that came out as I'm reading this? That are, These gifts we're given that were opened up as we put ourselves in Christ, that they're freely given, that we're known, that we're loved, that we're made family, that we're given life and given God's spirit with us. He even trusts us with that. We're given redemption and forgiveness and inheritance, and we're sealed with the spirit. Of course you start this section. Of course, as Paul writes, as he says, praise be to God. He's given us these things, and they point us right back to him. What a father we have. What good news that we've been given these gifts. I think just as my friend who was uh, making fun of kids for not being chosen by their parents, I, though, have a problem. I forget these things. Or, or I remember enough of them, and, and I forget why I have them, or who gave them to me, or how I got them. I start believing that I deserved them, that I worked really hard for these, that God somehow needed me. And so he said, oh, I got to pick Drew because I need, I need him on my team because there's something I can't do. I, there's times I, I almost want to curse others to a life outside this family because they're just not good enough to make it in. God's not going to want to give you these things because you haven't been good enough to be in our family. This brings up, as we kind of end our time here, I want to bring up uh, these two words, and they're words that help us interpret how we look at Scripture, really look at our lives. In their words, law and gospel. We talked about this a lot. We talked about this a lot when we went through the parables. A lot of what Jesus is unpacking the parables he's saying, he's saying you've lived a life under the law and we want to live a life under grace in the gospels. And so the law tells us this. The law tells us you need to do more, that you're better, or be better, and that you do good and then you're God's. Do that order? So you do good, and then you're God's. Or it says, you know, you gotta do more. Why? If, if you read, if we read this passage of scripture and you came out and you came out and you went, okay, my big takeaway is I gotta do better. Then, then you might be processing it under the, through the law. Or I gotta be better. If the purpose of reading scripture is that I'm be better, if the purpose of this passage was not to say, God is so good, but to say, hey, you gotta be better. You see what God did for you? Come on. Be better which is different than the gospel. The gospel tells us Jesus did it. It tells us that you're worse than you think. It actually tells you that Jesus is better. And it tells you a different order. It says you're God's. He's made you his. And then, and then from there we do good. I saw this very clearly in one of our favorite movies. Anyone else see Encanto? Man, the music in this nonstop at our house. We're loving it. We're not talking about Bruno, but we're loving this movie. Like that was a little inside joke. This movie has a sister. What's this girl's name? I need help here. What's her name? Lisa? Louisa. Sorry. I forget these names so quick. This is Louisa on the left. She's holding a whole bunch of donkeys. As you can tell, she's very strong. She has a moment in the movie where she explains the pressure of being one who has an expectation to keep doing better to always do right, to always perform, to perform and to perform, to do what the family expects. Because if you, do, if you don't, like, maybe you're not even in the family. Maybe they don't want you in the family. It's this great moment when I watched the movie the first time. I teared up during it. And, uh, you know, my kid's like, why do you cry during movies, Dad? And I was like, it's like explaining the law and the gospel. <laughs> it doesn't make them excited. 
to have pastor dad. I want to play this for you. So uh, uh, this has been a request for a few weeks. Could you please get an Encanto clip in the sermon? And uh, it, it works well this week. So we're gonna. Wa- I want you to watch this. I want you to feel this, the law. Look for the law and the gospel in this. Look for how, how is this explaining how that law, that do better, be better, do good, and then your gods, or the difference in that your gods, and then, then we do good. See, see if it even resonates with you in some of this. This is a song called Under Pressure um, from the movie Encanto. I'm totally fine. Magic's fine. Luisa's fine. I'm totally not nervous. Your eyes doing the thing. I'm the strong one. I'm not nervous. I'm as tough as the crust of the earth is. Okay. I move mountains. I move churches. And I glow because I know what my worth is. Of course. I mean, hey, where are you going? I don't ask how hard the work is Got a rough and destructible surface Diamonds and platinum I find on my platinum I take what I'm handed I break what's demanded But under the surface I feel berserk as a tightrope walker In a three-ring circus Under the surface Was Hercules ever like Yo, I don't wanna fight service Under the surface I'm pretty sure I'm worthless If I can be of service A floor crack The straw in the stack The breaks the camel's back Doesn't that capture it so well? 
I, I assume we all feel that at some point. I, I could think of like moments in my life or just moments in my day, day every day, where I feel like I can, I can barely hold it. And I think of my relationship with God and how often I feel like that pressure. I look at some of these words in this. There, there's the moment in the song where it, it, she's like floating in the clouds, it like kind of releases for a moment. She says, if I could shake the crushing weight of expectations, would that free some room for joy? It would. This is what, this is what Ephesians is telling us today. The crushing weight of expectations. You, you got to do better. You got to be better. If you want to be in God's family, saying we have an incredible God who freely gives us access to his family, actually chooses to bring us into his family, that should leave a lot of room for joy. Look down. The, the pressure like a drip, 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 they'll never stop. Whoa. You feel that? that? This is what the law does. Over and over, you just over do better. Do better. Come on. You got to be better. You got to at least look better. When you're there on Sunday, make sure people know that you're doing okay, that, that you're doing better, that you're doing everything you're supposed to do. This constant pressure, that's law. It's not gospel. And this last, who am I if I don't have what it takes? No cracks, no breaks, no mistakes, no pressure. Who am I if I don't? You don't have what it takes. This is the great news of the gospel. We don't have what it takes, and Jesus does. He did it. He's better. And God says, come into my family. Your big brother did everything. He gave you the ticket in. You're adopted. Let's go. And and let's be in the family. Let's be reminded of those things, and then we get to go do great things. Michael Reeves says in his book, Delighting in the Trinity, just a reminder of our God. Indeed, in in the triune God, is the love behind all love, the life behind all life, the music behind all music, the beauty behind all beauty, and the joy behind all joy. That's the home we get to go in as we're in Christ. And friends, we are okay when we're there. I want to feel okay. I want to be okay. We are. God has made a way. Praise be to that God who has made a way. I'm going to invite our worship team up. We're going to take some time to sing together to praise that God. We're going to have some time to sing here. We're going to sing three songs together. And while we're singing those, you have an opportunity to take communion out in the hallway if you'd like. Uh, communion here at Hope is welcome to anyone who, who believes, who says yes to Jesus. And it's an opportunity to remember the sacrifice that he's made, that he's been broken and his blood shed so that we could have life, so that we could be in God's family. He has done the work. And we encourage you to, to take an opportunity to do that. Um, there are stickers out there also, so you can bring little ones who maybe aren't taking communion but want to just mark themselves to say, hey, I, I remember what God has done. Or if you're an adult who wants a sticker, feel free to do that. Uh, pray together. There will also be people in the back of the room available to pray for you. A couple things to consider as we reflect and sing together here. Uh, do you know that you're adopted into God's family? Maybe that's new. Maybe today's the day to say yes. To not say, i got to do a little better. I haven't done enough or I've done too much things that are, are too bad. Today's the day that you realize you've freely given the gift to be in the family. What blessings maybe are the hardest or easiest for you to believe on that, those list of blessings? Which ones that we just forget every day that maybe would change your day if we remembered? Where do you see law and gospel in your own life? Maybe if you're a parent or a child, 
you know, how do you see it in your own family? This comes out a lot in family. Uh, how do you see this come out? And, and do you know someone who just needs to hear this good news? This is really good news. He needs to hear that. Let me pray for us, and then we're going to sing together. Uh, and feel free to take communion or get prayed for in the back of the room. Lord, thank you that you're so good to us. Praise be to you that you have made us your family, that you've chosen us, that you've freely given it to us out of your love. Thank you that you love us, that you make us family, that you call us sons and daughters. I pray now as we sing to you, those words would be to you, uh, and that we would turn from ourselves and to you and be reminded of how good you are. Thank you, Lord, for making us a family and that we even get to be here today celebrating and worshiping together. Praise in your good name. Amen.